Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of StaggerCast. I'm your host, Adam Lampson. In this episode, we sat down with Jeremy Ballantyne, a renowned Northeast hunter and content creator. Jeremy is well known for his YouTube channel, In Pursuit 365, that features some great Northeast content of big bucks, turkey hunts, elk hunts, and more. As a hunter, Jeremy possesses an uncanny ability to locate the biggest bucks on the mountains throughout the Northeast. Jeremy shares his wealth of knowledge and experience, guiding listeners through his process of breaking down terrain features and habitat to enhance their odds of success. He dives deep into understanding big bucks in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts, exploring the rugged terrain, dense forests, and diverse food sources that create the perfect habitat for trophy bucks in the east. Listeners will gain invaluable insights into reading big tracks of timber, identifying hidden pockets of food, water, and cover, and deciphering the movement patterns and behaviors of these elusive giants. Additionally, Jeremy takes us on his thrilling journey as he recounts his unforgettable 2022 Iowa bow hunt. After applying for many years and finally drawing a tag, Jeremy takes us through his meticulously planned out trip and how he scouted areas leading to his success. He shares the challenges and rewards of the hunt, detailing the almost instant action and the harvest of a beautiful buck with his bow. This story will have you itching to take a Midwest hunting trip at some point in your life. Throughout the episode, Jeremy takes us through a collection of his most thrilling big buck stories from the past. From intense rut hunts to close encounters on the track, He paints vivid pictures of adrenaline-filled moments in the pursuit of mountain bucks. The episode is packed with wisdom and practical advice, empowering hunters of all levels to absorb and apply Jeremy's expertise to increase their odds of success in the upcoming season. Get ready to sharpen your skills with the invaluable insights shared by Jeremy. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to help us out, please leave us a review on your podcast app and subscribe to the show. We greatly appreciate the support. Now let's dive into the episode. You're listening to Stagger Cast, brought to you by Stagger Gear. All right, welcome back to another episode of Stagger Cast. We are back down here with Jeremy Ballantyne for a second podcast. We did one with him. It was about this time last year, I think it was. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, how's everything been going since then? Oh, it's been going good. Yeah. You know, I uh, I did that Iowa trip, and then uh, and then came back and hammered on some local whitetails. You know. Yep. Yeah, you had a heck of a season. You started what Iowa, and then smashed a couple bucks in mass and then yep. just bounced around from there but as it we, we were just talking about it but uh last year in the podcast you were flirting around with the idea of going to iowa and everything you were going to do with it so why don't you hit us with that whole story and yeah. then uh, we'll kind of talk about some local stuff yeah iowa was like a uh five years in the making you know it building all the points and then finally getting drawn so uh i've been looking at you know looking at onyx and figuring out you know, access points and how I was going to hunt and everything. And, uh, it, everything worked out, just got out there and got scouting. And it was some of the best whitetail ground I'd ever stepped foot on. You know, there were, there were bucks, there was buck sign all over the place. It was tons of security cover. And, uh, I hit it right with the weather. The first few days that I was there was when we had that cold weather coming. And so I, I really concentrated on trying to kill a buck before that warm weather hit. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. I, I got a little trigger happy and shot a buck probably, you know, I should have waited a little bit longer since I had time, but it was, it was a great buck. I mean, he's mid one thirties, nice, nice mature 10 point, perfectly symmetrical antlers. And, uh, but it was, you know, I went about it just like I would any Western hunt where I can just get away from people and outwork people and, and hike. And, uh, the spot I found, it was a mile and a half hike in and, uh, real thick and just, I didn't see any, any hunters pass like that half mile mark. So if you can get, if you can get past that half mile, either using water in a boat or just, just hiking, it seems like you can get away from a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And I 
had a couple pins situated on some fingers running off a private down into the public and the public had a lot more security cover in it this year than it did previous because it was a drought condition so the water wasn't there it was all high brown grass and that morning hunt you know got that stand hung up and it was kind of an observatory but a really good kill stand it was on a really good finger covered in scrapes and first thing in the morning man it was cold crisp everything was covered in frost hit the horns together and i didn't rattle for 15 seconds and here comes a buck running right at me i can hear another buck coming in behind me i think i rattled in I saw eight bucks that morning. I think I rattled in three in that one rattling sequence for 15 seconds. It was just awesome. And uh, that 10 point came running in and started working a scrape in front of me. And he just hung out too long. You know, I mean, he's a great buck and uh, shot him. And he actually ran back down the hill the same way he came from. And the other two bucks that I'd rattled in kind of ran the same direction. Well, this is where it gets kind of crazy. I didn't tell you about this earlier, but... I go, I get out of the stand and I, I'm following the blood trail down and I'm breaking out of like this thick briary stuff and gets into this dry lake bed and it's all tall brown grass and I'm breaking out of the briars and there's a buck standing there, like a little eight point year and a half old buck at like 15 yards. And I'm just like looking at him and he's looking at me and he just kind of, <laughs> kind of stops looking at me and he looks back at the ground and I'm just like, ah. Oh. I bet you my dear, and another buck, the other smaller buck that I rattled in was standing right there too. And he like picks his head up and looks at me. Both those bucks were playing with my dead buck. Really? <laughs> yeah. They were like nudging it around. It was like all, he was all discombobulated there in the grass. And oh, I, I had to like spook them off of that deer. Like Swore a turkey after Yeah. It was just like a turkey. <laughs> I was just like, what's going on here? This place is like whitetail paradise. That's crazy. That's And uh, it was just really fun for a, for a Vermonter to go out there and just see that many deer. And that, you know, it's just a good change of pace. I was going to say, it's unbelievable going from here where you're seeing, you might go out for a week and not see deer and then you go out there and it's yeah. just shit going on everywhere. Yeah. It was just awesome. And, uh, you know, packed everything back to the truck and put my pack frame on, walked back in, totally deboned him. And oh, you packed him right out? Packed oh, him yeah. out, nice. you know, and it was, it worked out pretty good. Uh, but it's just a fun hunt. I went and hunted a little bit in Nebraska after that because I had some time, but yep. it got to be 70 some odd degrees. It was just the weather went terrible for the yep. next two or three weeks. Everyone was the, the peak pre rut and beginning of the rut was really warm. Yeah. What was that the last week of October? Yeah, last week, October, yeah. first 10 days of November were really warm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a buddy hunting in Kansas, and it was the same thing. It was just really warm. You just wasn't seeing the mature bucks moving. Mm -hmm. So that weather kind of dragged on. Yep. Yeah, that's that's wow. crazy. I'd like to get out there one day just to see the, the deer activity. Yeah. Just yeah it's, there's tons of public, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, it's just a matter of doing doing the research before you go out there that's a draw only state like if you're yeah. non-resident so you have to is it easy to get a tag in some zones versus others there's some zones that are less points i think there's some you could probably get on in three or so and so if you went out gun points. season i think it takes a lot less points oh okay but the archery you know it took me five years to get a tag there yep oh. yeah because they get the orange army that rolls out during oh shotgun yeah season yeah up shotgun there, right? muzzle loader <laughs> that that same zone i think i can get a muzzle loader tag like every two years okay that's not too bad so then. i was thinking of going up Maybe I'll go out late season, but we'll we'll see. I'm just going to start building points, and then I got tons of time to plan. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're dangerous with a muzzleloader too, right? There. Yeah. Most, yeah. <laughs> yeah not going to get snowed. Not going to get snowed to track them. Yeah. But 
but it'll be uh yeah it's a fun it's a fun hunt regardless could you even track a buck out there with the amount of deer running around or no just, you, just, you couldn't just, just no too many tracks and too just much like stuff. a barnyard yeah i don't think you could there's too many deer there's That's, literally deer everywhere do you think so you always hear the people like you know like old vermonters and northeastern people say like if you can kill a deer in the northeast you can kill a deer anywhere do you see that out there with like people that go oh yeah know, versus yeah. people coming from other spots well you just it's it's just there's more deer and just the the higher deer density alone makes it better. Yep. Um, and you can you can just you can just get on deer. You're you're if you can kill them here, you're you're a killer yep. out there. Yeah. So there's just deer. Seems like they're just everywhere. It's just it's just a different deal. There's just a lot more deer. Yep. And there's a lot the 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 amount of mature bucks running around is higher. Yep. So just crazy how it's and out there you know a good deer you know he can have really good antlers on his head four years old, three years old, even some mm-hmm. of the Midwestern deer, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be super happy shooting a three-year-old buck out there if he's 140 inches, yep, I don't, yep. you know, I don't care. No, not that it matters out there as much like body weight does here, but what do those deer run for body weight out there? I would say that buck I shot was probably, he was probably 180 pounds. It's a good buck. Yeah. yeah. Cause I had just deboned me in that pack and that was all I wanted to carry in one trip. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a heavy pack. So, I mean, it was, it was probably pushing I don't know, 95, 100 pounds of meat, I yeah. would say. Like, you see some pictures of deer out there that are just absolute slob bodies, yeah. just oh, like yeah. beefy and everything. They got phenomenal feed. Oh, yeah. I mean, this year there were tons of acorns out there. So that's where all the acorns were out there yeah. this year, not here? Yeah, we didn't have any here. They had them all out there. Uh, same with Nebraska. When I drove to Nebraska, just all those everything. river bottoms just full of acorns. Yep. And they got all those farm fields, too. They pick, what, soybeans? And what else do they have out there as the main feed farm? They got soybeans, corn. Just yeah. eating all the time. Yep. All-you-can-eat buffet for them. Yeah, they got good food. They just got they got the terrains a lot more subtle. They just don't have the stress, mm-hmm. you know. And good soil grows good bucks, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, it's a hard and, life and, up here. <laughs> and the private land, I think a lot of things with the Midwest is the private land is viewed totally different than it is here. Like here, people can hunt anywhere they want, pretty much. And out there... If it's private, you don't walk on it. So no signs or nothing. You can just yeah. It just you you do not walk on that private land out there. So it's I think you got a lot more spots where deer can get some age on them, and yep. you got a lot better sanctuaries. Yep. So everything's blocked off, no matter what it yeah. is. Because I remember so, seeing in like uh, one of the hunting public videos when they came up north to turkey hunt, and yeah. they were just you know because you can go on private land if it's not posted and stuff. Yeah. And people in the comment section on YouTube are going off about how are you going on private land? There's you know yeah. there's people oh, from yeah. out Midwest. It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it's they, different. They 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 don't they're blown away at the fact that you can just hunt anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no posted signs. I can just hunt there. Yeah. It's just like what you don't you're walking on some guy's land you don't know. Yeah yeah. It's just a whole different culture. That's just how we grew up. Yeah yeah. Oh, they're never gonna change too. Yeah. I never saw that until I went to Ohio and it's a everything's leased up it's a different ball oh, yeah. game out there yeah but huh. yeah all those midwestern states they're all getting leased up that's yep. that's really what's putting a lot of the pressure on the public yep. you know is is because a lot of people can't afford that funnels everyone you into know? the public yeah. because you not, got no you got no other choice for a lease. yeah is it getting busier and busier out there as the years go on as more like content gets put on youtube oh, and stuff is it yeah busy? youtube is is definitely messing up a lot of that public yep. you know with that it's one thing to have you know just talk to your buddies about it but when you get that many eyes on them on youtube and then you combined it with covid mm, and everyone was at, everyone it. was at home i see it with elk hunting really bad like there's tons of people trying to elk hunt now mm-hmm. which is good and bad i mean it's it's phenomenal i can't blame them for oh, trying yeah. to go no, out and elk hunt but no. it's it's making it a lot tougher that public land sometimes you roll into a trailhead and there's 30 trucks there mm. 
Do you think yeah. on X played a factor in that too? On X gives people the confidence to go back in, right? To know where they're at, and yep. it allows people to find, especially for whitetails, it allows people to find pinch points yep. and mm-hmm. those hot spots, and yep. then it gives them the confidence to walk in there right. in the dark, whatever, you and, know, and they know they're going to get out. You don't have to put the legwork in of like studying maps. Oh in yeah, your physical form. You yeah, you can e scout. It's just yeah, you can e scout, and then you pop open that phone with. With Onyx on there, you know exactly where you're at. It's awesome. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Did you do much scouting for that trip? I did a ton. Like, like in probably, person, not out there. No, I never got out there to do a shed hunting trip. I actually wanted to go back out there and shed hunt this spring, just to walk all the stuff that just I based didn't on the walk. number of deer you saw. Yeah, just, I'm just, sure the sheds. Everywhere. I'm gonna go back out next spring and do it. Yeah. Do a shed awesome. hunting trip. It's just there's just so much security cover. There's no way that all those sheds are getting picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so we were talking about acorns out there. All of them are out there, not much here, but it didn't stop you from whacking a couple bucks in mass this year, right? Yeah, it was just, uh, it was a different year, you know? It's just yeah. uh, without the mass crop and without any apples, mm-hmm. it really screwed up, especially the late season, because then you're concentrating more and more on food. But a lot of those big oak ridges that normally have deer spread all throughout them, and I can get on deer two, three miles from the road. They were, they were vacant. They, like, didn't have any deer. Just gone. Because there was no acorns. And that was the main food source out there. The, the deer were around thermal cover. I, yeah, I either found them around log cuts, like logging areas, or swamps, or just thick hemlock and mountain laurel security cover, thermal cover. Mm-hmm. That's what they were in. Yeah. No kidding. That- and they were usually spread out throughout those oak ridges, you know, and they, you could... You could figure out where they were bedding and everything just from all my spring scouting, but with no acorns pretty much the past two years, it really started to catch up with us. Yeah, because you were saying when we were talking there, when you get that December late season and you have those acorns, you can just about guarantee you're going to catch one on the side of a Oh, hill. yeah. Yep. Yeah, from all the shed hunting I do down there, I know where those deer are starting to head for their winter yards and yep. stuff, and you can catch them depending on the snowfall. You know, you can, you know where a lot of those big bucks are heading. And if they're not there yet, you know how to catch them in transition. Yep. So you know the, those shedding areas, and that's where yeah. they're going to hang. And depending on the snow, you know, yep. if we get snow right up past your knees, I'm like, I know where they're they're, they're right where they're going to shed. Yep. Those deer are already there. Yep. And uh, if we got mediocre snow, you can they're in transition. A lot of those deer will travel two or three miles to get there. Hmm. So you can kind of hunt the transitions. But this year there was no there was no big rush to get to any of the yard areas because there was no acorns. Mm-hmm. Usually when they're yarded up, they're eating acorns. Gotcha. So this year the deer weren't weren't balled up as much. Um, it was hard to find pockets with very many deer because it was all just browse. They couldn't really group up because there wasn't the food. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were kind of spread out throughout the landscape. But I had a particular two bucks that I was hunting around this one big chain of swamps. And we finally got the snow to go in there and kill him. And it uh, took me a while. I drove in there in the dark probably about two hours before light, and I was just driving around on those log roads trying to cut his track. Either him or there were two really good bucks in there, but there was one that had a really cool non-typical rack. He had like an injury, I would say, in velvet, and his whole left side bent right down next to his face. He was a big eight, but he had like a big bent main beam that hung down. He was really cool looking. Mm-hmm. So I was I was excited to track him on the snow just because I knew he'd make tons of antler marks because his antlers oh, were right down by his, his face, yeah. you know. Um, and I ended up tracking him later in the day. I'll I'll get to that after the ten. But the uh, the first buck that I found, uh, he was at the very end of that swamp and he crossed. I'm like, that's like a 180 pound deer. That's that's got to be a good buck. And 
I just jumped out of the truck and I'm following his tracks. I didn't go 10 yards off the side of the road and he dug up some ferns and it was just antler marks all over the snow. I'm like, that's all I need to see. I just <laughs> pulled the truck off the side of the road. I'm like, that's the one I, I, I know that's one of those two bucks. Pulled the, pulled the truck over, got all my stuff together. And I did a little video that's on yeah. YouTube there yep. with just my fo- cell phone, you know, talking about it. It was, it was good and light and started in on his track. And I mean, he went right into that swamp, right where I'd been bow hunting him. And, but he came into it from a little bit different angle. I kind of learned something about how them deer are going in there to bed. And I ended up shooting, jumping him and shooting him like 40 yards from my bow stand. Really? He bedded right, right by it. I was right on the, I was right in the bedding area right there, but I was just thinking he was coming into it from a different way. And I don't know how many mornings I sat there, four or five, but it would be cool to know if, if he ever came in there and bedded while I was sitting in there and he came in from that, that awesome. way, you yeah. know, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, not like I'll ever hunt him again, but another big buck <laughs> is probably going to do similar stuff. Yeah. So now I can kind of re- you know, maybe situate a camera and try to cover that back door entrance. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty cool though, tracking him in there. And I knew he was going to bed on this one little hump in the swamp. And, and it was just, he just kept digging up ferns and antler marks everywhere in the snow. And he was just eating and eating. And I'm like, man, that he's not going far. Like, I mean, I'm within a half mile of them right now. That's what I like about postseason is they're just not, they're not traveling that far. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting in there close to that hump where I knew he was going to bed, and sure enough, he jumped up out of some small spruces on my right and went running, angling away from me really hard. And he was running really fast, but he there was a really good opening that he was going to hit before he left that swamp. And I was just ready for him in that opening. Boom. Shot and... I mean, the cloud of smoke disappears, and he's still running almost straight away from me in that same opening. I'm just like, man, I know I, I know I hit him. He's still right where I, if I had a rifle, I'd still be shooting in the same exact spot. <laughs> and uh, reloaded the muzzleloader, ran down there, and there's blood all over the snow. And I'm like, yeah, we're game now, on, now we're in the game, you know. <laughs> so uh, started following it, and he ended up he ended up going about a hundred yards, and I caught him bedded and finished him. And that was a really nice 10 that I had a bunch of pictures of. Yep. Uh, I, I got to send the tooth out and see how old that deer is. But I got a feeling he was a pretty old buck. Yep. He had a really good stained forehead. And he was just real, he was all rutted out, but he still was 180 some odd pounds. So a he, was a big, he was a big deer. How long did you have pictures of that deer? Like you've seen him for multiple years? Was just this year. Moved in? Just yep. this year I'd gotten pictures of him. So, uh, yep. so I loaded him and I got him dragged out and got him to the truck. And it was like, man, it was probably only like a, 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning you know i, was, I remember you texting me that I, morning like just got him back oh, to the truck i was heading back in i was all pumped up and i'm just <laughs> like I, I texted one of my buddy armin and i'm just like oh i got one in the truck you know she's i should probably just look for another track huh he's like you're crazy <laughs> if you're gonna drive home yeah. i'm like yeah yeah i'll just i'll just leave him in the back of the truck I'll, <laughs> and i drove around the other end of the swamp and i'm driving around and there's another buck track and i'm just like that's every bit as big as the one i just killed and i i guarantee you it, that was the one that i originally thought i was tracking it's the bent main beam deer yep and i tracked that deer for two and a half miles in a straight line and he rubbed every tree that he like walked by he was i've never seen one that aggressive in december like he would annihilate a tree and break it off the size of my thumb and just and i was just like that's that deer with the bent main beam i bet he's got that really screwed up rack so he's he was devastating every tree that he was hooking. You know, you, when you're following him and there's the rubs and the bark on top of the snow, you're pumped. You know, it's just like, how cool would it be to kill two big bucks in one day? <laughs> Tracking, especially, you know? Yeah. So uh, I followed that deer and I ended up jumping him and almost got a shot at him. 
and I guarantee it was that buck. He had a he had a hell of a set of antlers on his head, but just, just didn't, didn't get, get just didn't get a shot at him. And then by the time I jumped him, he bailed down off the mountain into a nasty deep hole even further from the truck. And it was like three thirty, four o'clock. I'm like, now I I'm gonna get headed. So yep. I headed out, but I almost killed two that day. That was really cool. That would have been. I mean, not that, not to take away from your one. No, it would have just made. It would have made unbelievable. A f- it would have made a phenomenal day, like an epic day. Yeah. You know, I mean, how often do you get to do that? Two bucks tracking yeah. once in a lifetime. Load thing. two in the truck. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been so cool. I kind of got a question on this. You said that was the first year he moved in. Do you find that deer in like mass like reload in areas a lot quicker than you know up Vermont or New Hampshire that way? Oh, absolutely. They pull, pull right in. Yeah. Ones. Yep. Yeah. This year was different just, just for the fact that I was hunting different areas because of the food sources. Okay. And I've always run cameras around this swamp because there's, there's some really good oak ridges next to it, and they kind of relate to that swamp anyhow. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year I was really concentrating on that swamp because there was tons of browse, good security cover, and a lot of the ridges around it were kind of open hardwoods. So those deer were kind of poured down into that swamp. And there was a good family group of does, and there were seven or eight of them. So there were there were good bucks coming in and out of that swamp. It was more of a, it made the swamp more of a central hub of activity this year. Gotcha. As to years when there was acorns and those deer were kind of spread out throughout the ridges. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what kind of made me hunt the way that I hunted this year. Yep. I was just trying to find pockets of does where I knew bucks were going to come in there, and and you needed a lot of browse and a lot of security cover to to have that pocket of does it mm-hmm. seemed like yeah so. you said this year is just a lot different compared to the other years in mass because i mean i've seen some of your other videos from back in the day yeah just see, it looks like you know different, different there's usually cover, tons like of said. acorns yeah. those deer are usually eating acorns until you know the snow melts in the beginning of april yep and they're yeah. tired at that yeah. point in the year and just yeah, dragging and, yeah yep. late season you can concentrate on food and there's a lot i mean the food's everywhere but you can get away from the roads you can get away from people mm-hmm. so that's what i like about it didn't see a whole, when i was down there didn't see a whole lot of hunting pressure in those in those public pieces yeah. that late season seems like everybody shoots some shotgun and then gets gets done and, with it down there yeah and a lot of deer shed early this year too yeah and that, that discouraged that. a lot of people mm-hmm. and that kind of rolls into the next year um you know we got a, a huge snowfall on december 17th mm-hmm. or 16th that the night of and it was like knee deep like too much snow but there was a really big buck that i've got some history with and that was the next year that i wanted to go hunt but he was He's really high elevation. That deer doesn't even come off the mountain, even in the winter. He stays up there, top third. That's where I found his antlers for three years in a row now. Uh, whether there's acorns or not, that's, he just that he lives up there in that thick mountain laurel, right where it turns to the green. It turns into that thermal cover, that top third of the mountain. And uh, there's plenty of security cover up there for him. So I was just like, I'm going to start hiking about an hour before daylight, and I'm just going to slog up through all that deep snow and get up there and try to find that big bastard you know he's up there he's up there somewhere and i knew he was a really big you know a five-year-old buck at bare minimum uh well i've been hunting five years so he's got to be eight nine he could be ten years old i don't know it's hard to guess the age on him but he's he's an old deer and uh i hiked up in there and i got right near one of my cameras and there's there's a buck track or a deer track and i can i'm just like man that's he he's stepping really far he's got a good wide you know stagger to his track and everything and and the the problem i was having i couldn't figure out which direction he was going because he was walking during the middle of that storm it was just like dimples in the snow and he was headed for some really thick hemlocks and once he got under those hemlocks there was a lot less snow and i could kind of blow the track out and i was like oh i am following it the right way so i wasn't very far from my camera so i ran over there and 
to the camera, grabbed a card out of it, put a new one in it, and I didn't have a reader or anything, so I just stuffed it in my pocket, and I was just like, I'll just hopefully remember that before the card gets trashed, you know, but there's no service up there, so I, I can't run a cell camera anywhere. It's just a regular camera. So I had that card in my pocket, and uh, I walked back and get on that buck track, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, he looks like a good deer. It's really the only game in town I got right now, and I'm pretty sure it's a buck. Well, that deer in that storm a ton of hardwood tops had fallen down right in just out of the hemlocks and in the right where it starts into like white open oaks, a lot of maple and a lot of those tops were falling down. And he was walking from top to top that had freshly fallen and just browsing and eating all the buds off of it. And he was spending like 20, 30 minutes at each top. It was just like every time I would leave a top, Oh, wow. I can see his tracks so much better. And then he would get to the next top and it would be like a pig pen around it. And I'd find where he left it. Wow. Now I can really, now I can see his track. By the time I left like the sixth or seventh top that he was browsing on, I was just like, I'm right behind him. Like, I mean, Game on. it hadn't snowed and I can see the hair. It, 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 the snow was wet at that point. And you could see where he was stepping in the snow and you could just see every hair in between his hooves. Like you could see every detail. I'm like, that deer's right here. And he's on his feet. He's, he hadn't bedded yet and the wind was kicking up and it was knee deep snow. I'm like, there's no way I can't kill this deer. Like he's dead. Mm -hmm. I just gotta, I just gotta keep my head on a swivel, catch him before he sees me. And I'm following, and I know that mountain like the back of my hand. I mean, I've, I've walked every inch of it shed hunting for, I don't know how many years now. So, I mean, everywhere he's going, I know exactly what's ahead of me the contour of the land i can kind of cut off his track if i need to because i know he's going through a thick patch and i'm getting him on a side where i found a match set of his sheds and i'm just like i know he likes being over here if this is that buck i found his sheds right here on the side there's like a there's an edge of mountain laurel and some hemlocks and i found that match set one time right on the edge of those hemlocks right where it breaks into the oaks but that year there was oaks but he's still right in that thermal cover and I mean, I came around that side hill and I caught him browsing at 70 yards and I'm just like, there he is right there. And I brought the gun up, had it right on him and he picks his head up, looks back over his shoulder and he, he's got nothing on his right side. I'm like, okay, he's lost one side. I mean, he's a 200 pound buck standing there looking at me. I'm like, you know, it's this, that's definitely yeah. him. Get big old flat forehead on him, you yeah. know, big blocky head. And I'm, I'm like, am I going to, it's all running through my head like a hundred miles an hour, but I'm like, am I going to shoot him if he just has one side? Like I can probably find that other side. It's here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And and then he moves his head. He turns his head. He's got nothing, no antlers on his head. I'm like, well, that just answered that question, you know? And he just walked right down. He'd kind of stiff legged walked down. He'd caught me at that point. And he just boogered down off the hill. And I'm just like, well, I'm done tracking him. Mm -hmm. That's, I guarantee you that was that huge buck. So I, uh, I left and I'm just like, I'm, I'm like almost three miles from the truck at this point, like two and a half, two and three quarter. I'm like, what am I going to do now? I'm like, well, there's another knob. I'm looking at it like across this big valley of hardwoods. I'm like, I found a bunch of sheds over on that knob. Maybe I'll go over there on that knob because it's all thermal cover on the top, really good bedding. I found sheds over there. There could be another buck over there on that knob. Walked way down through that basin and that open hardwoods, it was really deep snow down through that basin up the other side just as i'm getting up into that that real thick spruce and hemlock and mount laurel i can see a track ahead of me and it's smoking fresh like there's little chunks of snow right up on top of the snow the deer had just done it hours mm -hmm. ago 
and I get up and I can look way down in the track and I'm like, that's a decent deer. It's, he's not a, he's nowhere near as big as that other deer, but maybe he's got antlers on his head. You know, I'm yeah. pretty much done after today. Cause that was the deer that I was going to kill. And if all the other big mature bucks are shedding, I'm pretty much done. Mm. So I'm just like, I'm pretty sure this is a buck. And then I could see where he pissed in the snow. And I'm just like, it's definitely a buck. I could just tell by the way he was walking. And then you could see some tarsal gland stains in the snow, pick them up. Yep. That's, it's a buck. So he's heading out this finger and it's all thick mountain laurel. And I'm like, this finger is going to end and it's going to turn into ledge. Like I know the woods really good <laughs> and it's kind of a plateau. I'm like, he's running out of real estate because mm. he's not going to walk down through all those, all those ledges and stuff. Like he's, he's within 200 yards of me. And it's all kind of spotty mountain laurel with trails around it. And I'm, and mind you, everything's just hanging down with snow. You can only see 15, 20 yards. So I'm weaving out through that Mount Laurel and he goes right into a thick patch of it. And I'm like, I know it's open on the left and that's the downwind side. I'm just going to walk around this Mount Laurel and then pick his track up on the other side of it. And the patch is probably, you know, it's probably 30, 40 yards square. So I walk around that patch of Mount Laurel and I'm just about to where I should be cutting his track again. And I see snow fall off a Mount Laurel branch out in front of me. And then I see something moving and I'm like, oh, there's a deer. And the deer's coming right at me. And I'm like, it's, it's that buck. So, I mean, I, that would have been the time to have the GoPro on my shoulder because I shot that deer at like six yards. Oh, that close? Like he Man. came around, the, uh, he was just coming right at me. So I, I didn't even aim. Just point bull. <laughs> the deer just, the deer walked right up like six yards, all that snow hanging down. Boom, shot him. And the deer just turns around and runs back the other way. I didn't even reload the muzzle loader. I'm just like, I just, know. I just, <laughs> that's my last I, I just, shot. I'm all done. I just punched that buck like perfect. You know, I, I follow it. He only went 20 yards and that was a nice seven. So nice that buck. was a good way to end the season, you know, in deep, deep snow with a good story about that buck. So, uh, yeah, fast forward to this spring, I go back in there when the snow finally melted and I found that bucks, I found both sides. How close, of the, close of to that, that area of where, was, you, where you caught him? Well, by well I checked my, I checked my camera and he walked by the camera, the, you know, just before that storm with no antlers on his head. And I got him two days before that walking by with the antlers on his head. So I looked at the direction he was co- going from, you know, coming from and going to and everything. And I, I, I have it right on the outskirts of his bed and area. I'm like, I know his, those antlers are probably right in his bed. And I got up there, it took me a few, you know, four or five hours that day. And, and that thick Mount Laurel, but I've found him laying right in his bed, hundred okay. yards from my camera. Really? Like right where I cut the trap. <clears throat> right there. That yeah. was core area. wasn't yeah. moving. Yeah. That's cool that he's a homebody like that up yeah. there on top. Is and, he's, like, and he's super old. Yep. He's just a cool buck, you know. Yeah. Well, this year, this, this year he's, he's in year. deep trouble. <laughs> yep. And he's he's an early shedder, so I got to get in there and try to kill him with a bow. Yep. I'm gonna That'd try be cool. to I'm gonna try to do it at the end of October and get him. Yep. That's awesome. Is there like a doe group up there that he hangs around with, or is he just like an old hermit? That's you know just what? Hanging out up there. That buck leaves zero sign. He's just a ghost up on our I, top. You, you he doesn't rub trees, or if you no. can find five rubs up there, all that walking around I do, it's it's amazing. Wow. Really, he so just doesn't. He, you know, you look at his all of his sheds. There's no broken tines. Those sheds, there's no scars on them from where he's fighting other deer. There's no nicks. There's no there's hard, there's no bark in the bases of them. He just wants to be. I off. think when them deer get that old, they just their testosterone lowers right down, and they just don't. You know, and some of them have that personality. I think where they're just not aggressive. Yeah, just like us humans. Yeah, yeah. there's some of them that are just like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna go through the motions, and I'm just worrying about myself. Just living. He doesn't chase does around. I don't think. Stays up so like just the whole hang, ruddy's up there. Yeah, hangs out by himself. Yeah, <laughs> I think he. I think he acts like it's the first week of October his whole life. Yeah. 
Just that's I, awesome. I just think that's what he does. Yeah. And and I've noticed that a lot with some really some of the best bucks that I've found. You know, have, leave very little sign. I think those deer that leave a ton of sign and are really aggressive, they get killed mm-hmm. and they don't get old. Yeah. But you're seeing a lot of those really big, big, big mature bucks that are older age class, especially if they live to be over six, they don't leave any sign. And I think that's key to their survival. I think a lot of people walk that mountain and they don't see any, you know, if someone does walk that mountain, they don't see any buck sign. They're just like, well, I'm not coming back here. But I mean, I've found sheds and I, and I've got pictures of him. So I know right where he lives. Yeah. So that mountain gets hunted. Just no. Oh, it's all public. Yeah. Yeah. It's all public ground. Just don't see him. So he's just up there. Yeah. Yeah. If they they don't leave any sign, it's like, no, everyone just breezes by it. No one's going to hike up there with that deep snow and they didn't see any buck sign up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that snowstorm was rugged too. I it was, was down nasty. there. That was right. Yeah, like you said, right up the knees. That wore you out. Way too much. How did you ever find him? Being that he didn't lay down sign, like how did you shed, shed hunting, hunting? And shed hunting and running cameras in there? Just figured him out. Yeah, and found those sheds. I, the first time I got a picture of him, it was during the peak rut, and it was like three miles from there. And I yeah. got a picture of him at like one in the morning, walking by a camera. And I'm like, man, that's a stud of an eight point. And, uh, and I, I never got another picture of him. I'm like, well, he doesn't live here. So I got working my way further and further away from that ridge and looking for sheds, and then pretty soon I found his antlers. Hmm. And I'm like, I bet you that's that same buck that I got the pictures of. So then I got looking around in there, and I found another another one of his antlers. And then I started running cameras over there, and then I got pictures of him. Yeah. In velvet, and in, I got pictures of him in April walking yeah. around in there. We just, you know all shed out and looking like he's been run through a washing machine, you know, after the, after the <laughs> winter, you know, he's just an old man. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's still surviving up there. Can't he's, be much food up there for him. It just there's just, just a lot of there's just browse. There's a lot of mountain laurel and there's a lot of a lot of softwood. Mm-hmm. And then when there's acorns, he's got more acorns and he knows what to do with. Yeah. So, so he just drops off the edge at night and yeah. just goes feeds and he comes right back up. And, and he's in out. security cover that's so thick it's crazy. Like that mountain good. laurel yeah. can get super thick. Yeah. And they just can just have interweaving trails all through. Oh, he wouldn't even know. Yeah. And yeah. he's his when I when I found his antlers. That really was like the light bulb because I, I walked in on that little bench and I was just like, man, everything in the hemlocks is all browsed five feet and lower is gone. Yeah. All the deer shit that I'm seeing on the ground is all big. I'm like, wow, there's some really big tracks right here. I'm like, this is his bedroom right here. And I'm like, you know, and it was funny because I was like, his left side is the one with the drop tie on it. I'm like, I'd really love to just find that left side because that's the one with the drop tie on it. And, cool I, and I was like saying that out yeah. loud because I was just. I've been hiking and hiking, trying to figure out where that deer was. And I said that out loud, and I just looked to my left, and there's the left side. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so picked up, I picked up that left side, and I looked to my right, and there's the right side laying right on the other side of the bed. It was just like – and you can see his bed right there. Like, I mean, has hair in it, every, right at the base of a big hemlock. I'm that like, was his – That's like, your bed. His home base right yeah. there. So it's it's cool to be dialed in like that. Like, that's that's his bed. Yeah. So. Didn't you have a similar story with that five pointer you got a couple of years ago? That old buck. Yeah. Wasn't that a similar story? He was kind of recluse. Yeah. And yeah. How did? Was it similar as far as he that? was? He the key to killing him was a snowstorm really? that we got, and I walked in there with that snow after we'd had it on the ground for a day, and that really led me to exactly where he was bedding, how he was going, because he, he had a huge foot on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Super cool. Buck. So snow snow puts a lot of it together for you too. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good point. You learn a lot when you're tracking, just following. Oh, absolutely. And you're going to take you yeah. through all that stuff, which we've said before on the podcast. But I, I don't know if I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, but uh, we got my buddy Riley here filling in for Greg tonight. What's and up? Uh, kind of the topic of this episode is we had a lot of guys wanted to know more about mass. There's more and more interest in that late season because everybody piles out of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, wants to get down there one last <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, don't go to mass. Don't go to mass. <laughs> no deer down there, right? No, that don't, was don't go down there. Quite, you do uh, go to eastern mass. Yeah. <laughs> go to eastern. Right down to the city bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's the where bigger, The bigger antlers are down there. No, a lot of bucks like, no question there. about it. Oh, yeah, you see it's crazy down oh, there. Oh, the, the deer, deer, they're, <laughs> deer they're killing down there near Boston is crazy. Yeah. Have you ever dabbled in hunting or I haven't. hunting and whatnot? You know, I got some buddies that do, and I, t- I told them, I'm just like, I just want to come down there and stock up on does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go down there and slay some does. I love venison, so yep. I would love to stock go to Eastern Mass just to, just to whack a bunch of does. Just um, living in people's backyards out there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, do some bow hunting and fill the freezer. Yeah. Have fun with it. See a lot of deer. But there's some good, you know, if you worked on really good property down there, there's phenomenal deer down there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. Yep. But I like I like the mountains. I like killing a deer and being two miles from yeah, the truck. Yeah, it's still yeah. similar to what you kind of yeah. grew up hunting around here, but just a little bit different. I like it steep. I, I just like those steep mountains. I like I like really earning it. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. And there's some deer in there, too. Yeah. yeah. So kind of going off, we're talking mass and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about mountain laurel, like what Riley said. Kind of talk about how you go about finding deer with the mountain laurel, navigating around it, how the deer react to it from your experience. Well, the... I think it's a key component to having big bucks. Like, you know, a lot of people avoid mountain laurel like the plague because it sucks to walk mm. through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's noisy if you get snow and you get a little bit of freezing rain or something. It it turns into, like, wind chimes. You know, it's it's really noisy. Um, it can get so thick that the deer don't don't go into it. Mm. But, man, it just creates – it creates phenomenal edges. And okay. uh, if you can get mountain laurel to line up with terrain features – and have food nearby you can have you can have all those edges all coming together you got food you know oaks you got food and cover and terrain features all coming together you you've got the you got everything they need that's a ticket right there and a, and a deer can live in a in a you know a mile square and have everything he needs hmm. yeah. okay yeah and a, and a huge part is water like if you can if you can have you know if you can have water on that side hill and you got mount laurel food You've got everything they need. They got water, food, and cover. You find them relating a lot more to water down there than you do up this way, as far as, especially for shed hunting. Yeah, shed hunting for sheds. Okay, yeah. interesting. I've never found a big shed that wasn't right near running water. Really? Huh. Yeah, that's a good tip right there, right down there. <laughs> yeah. No shit. That's a, that's a huge pattern for me. Yeah. So on a mass on a normal year. So say this past year wasn't normal and the deer are hanging in the thermal cover and security cover, like you said. What's yep. like a normal mass year when there's a lot more? Normal mass year, there's acorns where deer are eat, they're eating acorns when you're going in there to shed hunt in April. Okay. There's, there's, there's still acorns. Still... There's usually a bumper crop down there. Yep. Tripping on them. So yeah. that buck, that 11 pointer you have that you that's on YouTube and stuff. Why don't mm-hmm. you take us through that for the people that haven't seen that video? Because yeah. that was like a normal. That's a that, normal mass that was year. A, that was a normal mass year where we had a lot of acorns. And there's certain basins, you know, from hunting, I, there's certain basins they, they prefer. There can be one basin that's loaded with acorns, but they, they eat those in October, November. But once you get the snow on, there's certain wintering basins that they head to late season. No kidding. And that's just, that's just from wearing boot leather, boot leather yep. off to figure it out. How they're you know, eating them. It's yep. just the amount of miles that I've got logged in down there is crazy. So <laughs> uh, that buck I knew was on that side hill because I was up in there, um, well, it was 
it was very, very beginning of muzzleloader season. We had some snow, and I got up in there, and it was spotty, not enough to track, but it was enough so I could get up in there in those oaks, and I could see a deer feeding in the oaks, and there were antler marks everywhere in the snow where, whenever he'd put his head down to eat acorns. So I knew there was a really good one in there. Uh, then we lost the snow, and I, I hunted a little bit on bare ground, but uh, I don't gun hunt down there with bare ground very much at all. I, I, just, I know I'm going to get snow at some point, so I just wait until I get the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's bow, you know, when it's bow season down there, I'm bow hunting every day that I can, mm. you know, cause I, I'll, I'm sitting in a stand, but I don't like sitting in a stand with a gun yeah. 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, so we got some snow and I got back down there and by the time I got back down there, it was, it, the snow had come early in the afternoon. So it had a full night worth of travel and I was walking up in there at first light. So there's, there's a lot of deer in there late season. But I knew there was a good buck in there. My plan was just to get up in there, not necessarily track, but to get into the mix of the deer, get into where all the deer sign was and just kind of still hunt through it. I know a bunch of benches where the deer are bedding, kind of still hunt up onto those benches. And, and those deer are up and feeding all throughout the day, late season, because mm-hmm. they're way back on a the mountain. They're two miles back in, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the, they don't have the pressure. Uh, they don't get pressure back that far. So, uh so I'm working my way back up in there at first light, and there's a really good saddle. My plan was I was going to get up into that saddle and kind of stand there for 20, 30 minutes of first light and then figure out what I was going to do from there. Well, I'm just getting into that saddle, and it's it's just cracking legal shooting light, and there's a deer walking on the side hill left to right. And the deer walks through an opening, and I'm like, he's got plenty of ammo. <laughs> he's a 130-inch buck walking left to right, and I'm like, Holy, I'm going to kill him right there. I pinched right up next to a tree and had the muzzle loader all cocked. 70 yards walking broadside left to right at a at a slow walk. And uh you know crosshairs went right up his neck right into the point of his shoulder. Poom, gun goes off and the deer nose pitches right into the snow and he's right over right over head over heels. And he's laying there, one leg kicking in the air. I'm like he's dead. I shot him right through both shoulders. That's a beauty. You know, and I'm reloading the muzzle loader. And I get the powder in there, and I'm getting the bullet halfway down, and I look, and the deer's getting to his feet, but not not well. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a good leg under him. I'm like, ah, he's he's done. I'm just <laughs> concentrate on what you're doing, you know? And I'm, I'm getting the muzzle loader loaded, and I'm starting to put the – I'm getting to where I'm going to put the primer on, and the deer's running down the hill right at me. Pretty soon, he's, like, within 10 yards. And it's like, he definitely sees me because <laughs> I'm f- orange vest on, fumbling around trying to get a primer into the damn gun. And he sees me and he bails down off the hill to my right. And I'm like, it's all wide open. Hardwoods down through there. He's dead. Get the gun loaded. Get run over there to his track. And I I don't see him laying there. I don't see him standing there in the hardwoods and following his track for about 100 yards. And I don't see any blood. And I'm like, that's kind of typical of a muzzleloader. At the time, I yep. couldn't find a good muzzleloader bullet. Now I've, I've got my... <laughs> I've got that setup pretty much dialed in now. Um, very happy with what I'm shooting now. Wasn't at the time. Uh, they were they shot great, but man, they did not expand. It was like shoot. It was like shooting a deer with a field point on an arrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just no expansion. So I get following that deer, and I can see down through that hardwoods now for like almost 200 yards, and I can see a deer standing way down in the bottom of it. And I bring the scope up, and it's him, and he's gone. Like that quick, he just, he's walking, trotted right out of sight and I couldn't get a shot. I was like, what is going on? So I walked right back to where he was fumbling around in the snow and there's a little bit of blood there, but like hardly any. I'm like, where did I, I was right on that buck, you know, I was like right on the point of his shoulder. I tracked that deer the rest of the day. He never bedded. He ended up just before dark, ran right into a group of a 
you know, a pile of deer and he didn't have a huge foot on him. He was only like a 170 pound deer, but he didn't have a big foot on him. And since he wasn't bleeding or anything, he got into a pile of other deer and I totally lost him. And then it started snowing and I was bummed out. I was just like, well, I don't think I killed him because he hasn't even bedded and I've tracked him two miles. Just now, since I shot way, him, just... he just, just a heavy walk, never caught up to him. So I bummed out two weeks later. So it was a day after Christmas. We went back in there, and I'm just like, you know, I know that mountain's got some deer on it. Now we've got a little bit of fresh snow. Walk up in there and see what happens. So we walked up in there, and I, I cut a track that I knew was a buck and followed it, and he's starting to paw for acorns. Boom, there's antler marks all over the snow. I'm like, that's a good buck. So we're he gets in with some other deer, and I kind of hook around and get around the barnyard of all the tracks and everything and find him leaving it. And I was like, that's him leaving right there. That's his track. And just the way he's dragging his feet and walking. I'm like, I bet it's that same deer that's making the antler marks. We didn't follow him 200 yards, and I caught him bedded right on a little hemlock hummock. Yep. And watched him for a while before I could finally get a shot at him. Had to keep shuffling around, <laughs> shuffling around. It was like forever to try to get a shot at that deer. And boom, I shot him. And I know I hit him through the right shoulder, and the bullet exited like right at the point of the left shoulder. Mm. So it didn't. I didn't hit him as far back as I wanted to. I don't know if I hit a limb because it was kind of brushy and uh, the deer gets up out of his bed and runs through an open and then I really see how big he is. I'm like, man, he's just as big as that buck I shot up here two weeks ago. You know, he's a damn good one. So we get down there and we get following the deer around. There's, he's not bleeding. It's like there's, there's hair every, you know, blown out the backside of him where he was laying in the bed and there's just a few spots of blood, nothing. I'm just like, man, these bullets, I'm <laughs> done with this. Followed that deer and he got up over a little finger and I knew it was open hardwoods on the other side. So I get up to that top, and I'm creeping up, creeping up, and I can look down into that hardwoods, and there's a deer standing there. And I, I pulled up, and I've got it on that deer like I was going to shoot it, and it takes a couple steps at the doe. I'm like, what's that doe doing there? And she's, like, looking to my left, looking and looking and looking. And I look to my left, and he's standing down there, like, staggering back and forth in that <laughs> hardwoods. And I'm like, oh, there he is right there. <laughs> Boom, shoot him again, like, last rib angled up in deer mule kicks takes off i'm like there he's dead done <laughs> we go down there get on his track and there's hair still not very much blood but I, the bullet zipped right through him and uh get over another little knob and i catch him bedded and his head's still up i shot him again and that was the last time so we get down there it's beautiful 10 point with a kicker off his base nice you know 130 inch buck great deer and uh we're looking at the deer talking about it you know and i looked and there's this huge dried blob of blood right at the point of his shoulder and it's i bet well it's two weeks old it's yep. the same buck i shot two weeks ago right on the same mountain Finish the and story. you could see the bullet you could see where it went in right at the point of the shoulder and came right out dead you know the same exact spot on the other side because he was like even with me on the side hill so i was yep. shooting him shooting flat you know 90 degrees to him and he was perfectly 90 degrees broadside but when I deboned that deer, that bullet zipped right through just in front of the point of the shoulder bone where it does that nut, that, yep. that corner and just mixed his neck, the vertebrae. And oh, just, just, it nicked the vertebrae? It just missed it. Just, it. just if I'd have been an inch, inch lower, I'd have, broke it, I'd have broke his spine, you know, and he would have piled up right there. 
But if that bullet had have expanded, even in the slightest, that like would have been like done that day. Yeah. He must have been some confused when he got up. Oh, <laughs> he just knocked the wind out of him then, Jeez. pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, he over. made a huge snow angel there. <laughs> and like, and it was a steep side hill. He slid on the snow for like 10 feet and then got up. And he was plastered in snow when he gets to his feet. And he was running down at me, and he's got snow in his rack and all over his forehead and stuff. And I was just like, oh, he's a mess. That deer's dead. Nope. Never know. So it just it just goes to show, you know. I mean, especially with muzzleloader. Yeah, those older muzzleloaders. Yeah, that 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 was a that was a Barnes bullet, and I just didn't have very good luck with them. Some yeah. people have had phenomenal luck with it's them. But same yeah. story for me with those older muzzleloaders. Just yeah. Was that a fifty cal too? Yeah. 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 That was a fifty cal. What are you running now? Because now, now you're now I'm running the Woodsman. Yeah. And. Uh, and I'm running their bullets, mm-hmm. that 225 grain bullet that they make. And I've I've owned that Woodsman for two years. I've shot four bucks with it. And every deer has been like phenomenal blood drill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's and and I think you get a little bit more velocity with that 45 cal. Zipping so, right in so there. So I yeah. think the bullet's getting you know it's getting a better chance to Expand. do its job. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's and uh, so I'm getting the muzzle the muzzle loader's dialed now. Yeah. The setup is good because I was always scared to shoot a deer on bare ground with a muzzle loader because I never had blood trails. Mm-hmm. But usually muzzle loader season it's late season. I got snow anyway, so yeah. I didn't it didn't bother me because they always shot good. But yeah. it's just it just it, it wasn't effective yep. as far as there was no performance from the bullet. And sometimes you don't, you know, tracking, you don't always get the perfect shots. Yeah, you, you got to shoot. It's, yeah. You got to be shooting. You yeah. Know? There's and no, you said, I mean, there's the, lead in the air. There's hope. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. You got to pull the trigger. Absolutely. And you said that first buck you shot this year was taken out of some spruces, right? He was taken off and. Yeah. Yeah. And he shot. was running, he was running really hard quarter the way I hit that deer last rib mm-hmm. and it came out right in the, right in the point of the shoulder. So and he went mean, all the way through. And that deer was just like spraying blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, those are, are the hollow points on those new. Are they like hollow? They're, they're a hollow kinda, point, yeah. and and they're pre-stressed. I, I I have not recovered a bullet yet yeah, from a deer. Right Everything's been going through, and the, their way and the exit hole has been really good. I yeah. mean, I I haven't I haven't recovered a bullet yet. They got some figured out then with those. Yeah, no, yeah. they're they've, everything that that woodsman with their bullet and Blackhorn two hundred nine powder is you are dialed in. Yep, it's awesome. Yep, that's so. a good combo. Got to get mine ordered. And yeah. holding them too, they just carry nice. They've got the best trigger of any muzzleloader yeah. I've ever shot. I mean, yeah. it's super crisp, three pounds, and that's you know a lot of muzzleloaders have a junky trigger on them. Yeah. yeah, everything about that gun is dialed in. So they got the hammerless, right? So you, you don't have to. Yeah, you just got to get that big hammer to drop down. Yeah, so, you yeah. just got to make sure you cock it when you pull that trigger guard to just pull it till it clicks. Yep, that's all you got to do. No kidding, huh? It's yeah. a great gun. Oh yeah, so I had a question for you. So. What this year with they're shedding early because I mean I was down there late season and I saw a bunch of other guys were down there late season posting on Facebook and stuff they're tracking bucks and finding the the sheds in their bed and and yep. catching up to bucks that with no horns on their head was it just the lack of feed this year that causes that that early drop down there or was it something else you think you know I'm not I, I it would just be a guess on my part but it's got to be stress related hmm. it's got to be stress related and uh, and the fact that there's no gun season during the rut in that state. I think they get a lot of their breeding done on time. Yeah. Like when those does are coming in between the 14th and the 18th, I, 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 all there is is bow hunting pressure. So I think they get it done. And I mean, I've had, I've seen them shed super early, even years when there's tons of acorns. Really? They shed the earliest of any deer in the country, as far as I know. Really? Huh. 
I mean, no there's kidding. there's people in the Midwest. They're just like, it's crazy. You saw a deer all shed out December seventeenth. I'm like, I'm not alone. And you see some guys in you know Maine and Vermont, New Hampshire. They're holding horns into yeah. freaking March sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. a rare one. But like, yeah, that's oh absolutely. So they just yeah, and I I've seen it that way too. I walked onto that one hillside. It was second week of March. I walked up there to shed hunt. I mean, I hiked way up on that mountain. I get into this basin, and there's deer everywhere. So I'm just standing there looking at them all with binoculars, and there's an eight-pointer standing there. <laughs> Second week of March. So I just turned around and walked off the mountain. <laughs> get the hell out of there. I'm just like, I, I've got no rush. I yeah. mean, it's just like. They'll I, be there when you I, get back. I want to find those, too. You know, so I just left. Yep. And I came back, you know, three weeks later or whatever, and assumed they were on the ground at that point. Yeah. I mean, like, if he hasn't dropped them by April, then I don't know. It's going to hold him there. He off. can have them. I don't care where he goes now. You know, whatever. I was just, you know. Yeah. So they're just getting uh, and that. And that was dough. a year when there was like marbles on the ground. Just, I mean, acorns everywhere. Yeah. And that deer hung on that late, but yet there was, there were antlers everywhere up there mm-hmm. that, you know, deer dropping in December. So. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I've heard of that happening for years. Like, I've talked to some guys that have hunted mass for 20, 30 years, and they've talked about shotgun season, seeing really big, especially the older ones, seeing really big bucks that are all shed out, the end of shotgun even, before muzzleloader. Huh. That's wild. So I don't I don't know why. Just biologically, they get done breeding. They don't need to fight anymore. I, I don't need to. Kind of a deer-by-deer deer basis. Yeah, almost, I mean, yeah. I th- yeah, some deer are going to be different. but Like, one year... Temperature might have a lot to do with it. Mm. Uh, there was one year we had yeah. 20 below zero temperatures yeah. right at the end of December, very beginning of January. I walked into an apple orchard, and I found two two antlers that were like 60 inches. Wow. And they were off two different bucks. And they were smoking fresh, like blood right on the bases of them. That was January 3rd, I believe. And I went back in there the next day, found a match set of like a seven-pointer. Hmm. And I was like, deer shouldn't was... be shedding then. Yeah, right. Like, it's so weird. And that seven-pointer was like a two-and-a-half-year-old buck. It wasn't like he was old. Yeah. So, and he was in a commercial apple orchard. There's tons of food. Yeah. Interesting. So, I don't know. It's it's just they do shed early. That's the thing. That's the one thing I wish mass would do differently is they'd take away the doe season, late season. I wish once it got to be December 10th or whatever, or once it got to be muzzleloader season, don't have a doe tag anymore. Just because that's like my yep. greatest nightmare is like, could you imagine a ten-year-old buck? He's made it all the way through and he gets shot. Doe tag put on him. That's true. I'm thinking about that's it like terrible. that. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, like doe. So oh, poor bastard! Made it all the way through and he got shot as a doe. If you did that, you'd have to go back in there just trying to find a shed. Yeah, but just I to mean, give you some substance like, of what he was. That's the thing. They're just like, oh, that's a big deer right there. You it's know, a big old four, four deer standing <laughs> on the side hill and they shoot a big old you know, eight and a half year old buck and he's got his, who knows where he dropped his antlers, yeah. you know, it's it like, happens. Yeah. yeah. Don't, when you're down in, so you, Riley goes down to Long Island in January for that shotgun season on there. Yeah. Oh, like half of those split. Some, sometimes they're shed, sometimes they're not. Most of the time they're shed out, but yeah. you'll get once in a while, there'll be a buck with horns still, but. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's hit or miss though. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah. Have, it all depends on how much you hunt the area too. Like this is where I hunt all the time right so it's like I, yeah I you just, get a good i just like dread the fact of that big it. old buck getting killed yeah you know on a doe tag because you'd never know you'd never know that oh, that's yeah. why he was dead the guys will get mad down there they'll be like oh like shooting all the shed bucks and yeah like, <laughs> I don't know. it could be bad i mean he could yeah. be a giant and right yeah you know, and then you're just like where did he go yeah just because i mean one of the best bucks that i've ever hunted down there he just vanished and it was like the next spring that i had to look for his sheds yep 
it was COVID. So it was just like they'd shut down work in my town. I couldn't. So all I did was shed hunt like for a month straight. <laughs> and I, I was thinking I was going to find his antlers. I never found his sheds, never found him dead anywhere. And he was a Boone and Crockett sized deer. Jeez. Like, like you'd have heard if he got killed. I right. Think. Not unless some old guy just shot him and cut his horns off, hung him in the garage. You know, possible. Yeah. I don't know. but <laughs> Makes you wonder. I don't know. He was a hell of a buck, but it's like, or did he lose those sheds in a weird spot and then get shot on a doe tag? Could have been yeah. too. You, you know, know, it's like, you never know what happens. That's, some of them just disappear. It probably happens quite a bit down there just shooting those. I'm sure. Yeah. Especially when the, in that year, the year that he disappeared, that was the year we had snow up to my pockets of my pants the first day yeah. of shotgun season. Really? We had like three and a half, four feet of snow. <laughs> when does that shotgun season start? That's it's right around the beginning of December, very last part of November. Because that's like what seven or ten days, and then it goes to and it goes to muzzleloader muzzle to the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They hunt them late, but yeah, yeah. There's no gun season until post rut. So it's bow all the way through the rut, and yeah, no kidding. Hmm. Yeah. Do you find much for sheds up in Vermont at all anymore? It, I do when there's good food. When we have acorns, then it's worth yeah. going and looking. Yeah, yeah. That's not an easy thing to do in Vermont. It's fine sheds no. as far as... No, there's a couple good pockets no. I've found over the years, but there's got to be acorns. Mm. Acorns or apples. Gotcha. If there's a ton of apples, there's a couple apple orchards. I know they... But the deer in Vermont seem to hang on, you know, into February. Mm. So yep. they, they, they'll be on some of that food, but they definitely head to a winter yard. And our deer travel a long ways. I've got pictures of deer in Westover and found their sheds in Newfane. Which could be fifteen Just miles migrating yeah. cross country, yeah. and that huge buck we talked about in that third podcast. Yeah, I was going to tie it back that into deer, that. That deer went fifteen, eighteen miles in one direction to winter. That's incredible. From where he was in the end of October, because yeah, you found like it in Maine going. almost. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly like yeah. that. Yeah, they have to, or they're going to be dead. Yeah, they just, just don't, don't get those big migration trails. They don't have, that they they don't have, have anywhere to live. Right. Yeah, there's no food to sustain them, but for the winter, nobody ever killed that buck, right? That no, that we talked about. No, he was found. Was he a booner? Yeah, the yeah. last set of sheds he was right at 170 with no bra- with no eye guards, no brow tines. Yeah, yeah I remember that crazy. picture. I think it's still on the it's on our Instagram page because you yeah. sent it to us. To I gotta go f- get those sheds from my from that guy and you know have you guys see it yeah. sometime. It's yeah, it's, it's a hell of a deer. It's the best Vermont buck I've ever known to exist. Crazy for me, anyways. You know, there's a bit of Vermont buck like that. I can't find him. another one like him. No, you're the one to know to be looking around. <laughs> I can't find another one that's like that. He was pretty special. Yeah. Seems like Vermont. I mean, the last few, you know, five, ten years down, like the Windsor County, down to this way, it seems like we're the best racked bucks and honestly best bodied bucks are being killed in Vermont. Yeah. So it's the biggest least, antlers are in the southern part of Vermont. Yeah. No question. Just acorns yeah. down here because like we got no acorns up no. our way. Just yeah, I think beaches. it's I think it's acorns and genetics. Yeah. And you know they just get they've got the genetics to have heavy bodies up in the Northeast Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they don't. You know, you see a deer that weighs two twenty, but he's got like eighty inches of antler on his yeah. head. It's like just a different. Yeah, breed of deer almost. Yeah, it's just a different type of deer. Our big bucks down in the southern part, a big one is, you know, a big body deer. You kill him in rifle season, he's 165 to 185. Yep. Yeah. That's that's like the weight range. Yeah. Crazy. They're short, short and stocky. Yeah. They don't have the, it's hard to get one with a big long body. You know, you need that big long body. But Mm. better horns. Yeah. 
most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem shooting a 170-pound no. buck. <laughs> I'll shoot everyone that comes by me. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine. That's plenty big enough. They got 130 inches antler or better on their head. And they're, yeah. That's a that's a good deer. They're five years old. They're Yeah, that's yeah. a hell of a buck. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see you get that buck this year, that mass that's, buck. That's going to be It's going to be a great story. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of history with that's, that thing. And that's my main sheds. goal. That's my main goal this whole deer season. Yeah. If I can... If I can kill him, then the rest is gravy, whatever yeah. happens. And yeah. that big five-pointer killed a couple years ago, wasn't – that was, like, your main target buck for a while before this one, right? Yeah. 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 It's cool. Yeah, you get you – get, I like he how you He was just it. old. I, I was just looking at him in the, on the trail camera, and I'm just like, God, that deer looks ancient. Yeah. And I just love those old bucks on public, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they might not score good, but they're they're just an old that's deer. That's the smartest they, of the deer. Yeah. If you're hunting a buck that's that has that much age on public land, that's the smartest yeah. of the deer you can kill in the woods. Yeah, you know, those are the deer I really like. Yeah. They've got a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it makes you wonder how many hunters have walked by. You know, you said it's public land, but he's up there, recluse, just how many yeah. hunters have walked through there, and he's just sitting, you know, yeah. letting them go by. That's what that's that's the feeling of accomplishment. You know, you did something no one else has been. Yeah. You did something. You figured him out different. Yep. That's that prestige of, you know, killing those old bucks and that, yeah. you know, that satisfaction you get out of doing it, which isn't easy. Yeah. You know, in Vermont. And, and this one, you know, him not leaving any sign, it's like super hard to figure out where to kill him because yeah. he's not making a rub. He's not making rubs. There's hardly, there's no scrapes up there. Oh, he's not I mean, making I, any scrapes. I made mock nothing. scrapes. I can't even get a picture of him in a mock scrape. No if I get a picture of him, area. he's, if I get a picture of him, it's in a bedding area on a trail. That's yeah. it. Interesting. And it's, and it's like very, I mean, I can have cameras. 60 yards apart on two different trails and two different benches. And, like, I've only got pictures of him on that one camera. So he's got a certain route he that he is, follows? I, I have dialed that deer in, I'm hoping. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to jinx the hell out of myself by saying that. But I've got a lot of hours into him, put it that way, and it's going to be a fun – whether I kill him or not, it'll be super fun to know I'm hunting you, that deer. you got to kill him soon or else he might – He's going to die of old age or he's going to be 10 or I'm just going to find his sheds forever, one or the yeah. other. Ah. Uh. Which How many is, years of sheds you got? Three or four? I've got three years, and another guy I know has got one year in between the year that I missed. So you got four years of sheds on him. Yeah, and, you and I've sh- known of him existing for five. And you look at back at the earliest sheds you have, and he's still got that, that he's older still a, buck He's mass, still a Pope you know? and Young-sized deer. Exactly. The first shed. So first he's, of sheds, so. You're going to get him with a bow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got it before he sheds. Yeah. What's Pope and Young, 120? 125. 125? Yeah. yeah. That's a cool buck. Yeah, yeah. The, the mass out below the G2 is yeah, just, he's it's just like got your got hand. That big yeah. webbed out. Yeah. Big he's got that horns. little drop nub. Yeah. That's Almost cool. Almost palmated in that midsection there. Yeah. Yeah. He's just Crazy. a cool deer. You doing much uh, pounding around up in New Hampshire anymore or not as much? Not as much, but I'm I'm going to chase snow in New Hampshire. I'm going to go up and try to track a buck in New Hampshire, either White Mountains or yep. or go all the way up. But nice. Yeah. I got to hunt the White Mountains. That's kind of like on the bucket list is to kill a buck in the White Mountains. You've been killing bucks in New Hampshire before, though, right? Some of your old uh, videos, was it more southern New Hampshire? I've killed them with a video camera. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I videoed uh, a, like a 160 buck we killed with a bow, yeah. and oh. then uh upper 130s buck we killed with a gun wow. in New Hampshire. Was so. that the boat one where you guys went in on yeah, a canoe? Yeah, the canoe. That's yeah. cool. The drop time. Yeah, he yeah. had two drop times. He broke one of them off. Yeah, yeah that was a cool buck. That's really cool. That's cool. And I think that one with the bow is still, I think that's still one of the best ones shot on with a bow in New Hampshire. 160? On camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Doesn't get much better than that. No, right? it was but, cool. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll get one if you and go that's up in the like White a Mountains. Six, yeah, that was a six and a half year old buck. I, I'm pretty sure. So six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, seems to be like the magic age. You know, when they get over that, then it's it's a miracle. Yep. 
New Hampshire's got some crazy rack genetics too. In the last few years, you're seeing. I mean, if, even before that, just yeah, New Hampshire's got them for sure. They got some phenomenal feed too. They usually have a bumper crop of acorns. Oh yeah, but they they were lacking in acorns quite a bit this year. Yeah, I only they found did. one area in where I was hunting in the White Mountains that had, had some acorns. It was like a strip of you know ten, fifteen trees, and that was it. And the then they're gone. Yep. They're gone. gone like instantly. Yep. Deer hoover them right up. Yep. You got deer, bear. You know they're pounding them. A lot of moose kicking around the White Mountains now, too, or oh, from what good. I've seen. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they've been around for a while. People probably know that. But, like, I saw a lot lot more moose in the White Mountains of New Hampshire this year than I did in Maine. Yeah, they're hardly giving out any tags. Yeah. So that's that's the way it should be. It should be low tags for those moose, and then it's a once-in-a-lifetime tag when you get it. Yeah. And it's a phenomenal hunt. Hmm. You know, that's yeah. – I'd rather see the quality there than, than not. I know they don't like people hitting them with cars, but I like seeing bull. Bull moose are cool <laughs> as hell. You know, it's cool to have some big bulls running around. Oh, yeah. it's pretty crazy having them close range. Yeah, there's so much fun. There's so much yards. fun to call in. Oh. They're just, they're so much fun. You've been doing that for a while. Back when Vermont was doing permits, you yeah. were guiding oh, yeah. a lot of hunters in like that yeah. southern Vermont moose too, which is kind of down where your area. That's impressive that you were killing big bulls down here. Yeah, and you said there still is. Like you just did a shed hunt trip. We talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I had some guys. They they heard uh, actually me on a podcast and. Um, talking about shed hunting and stuff, and they they've always wanted to come to the Northeast and find moose sheds. So they were from Iowa, and Iowa. And another guy was from Illinois. And there's three of them total. Two of them from Iowa. But uh, now we found a hell of a bull this spring. I mean, probably mid 50s, I would wow. say. Real big wide palms on him. Wicked character too. Yeah, he had yeah. really cool inline points in his palm on his right side. Yeah, yeah. You find most of those they like hang up on the tops. As far as I've never done moose shed hunting, so is it, they just hang up high or do down they the cuts and stuff. Yeah, high elevation. Those bulls down in the southern part here, they're around fur. You gotta you gotta okay. find yeah. balsam. Gotcha. So they're around like that rabbit cover where you'd go hunt snowshoe hare. They just live but, all but all high elevation. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They really it just really seemed like they they concentrate on that softwood browse. That's what they need. Yeah. yeah. I see up in Maine like uh, when I'm up hunting up there and you get up on those tops it's like they live up there year yeah round. it's just like you can't especially not the bulls step. yeah 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 it's that hobble there moose hobble they just yep. yeah that and that thick yep. green stuff they just got trails through it on the tops of those mountains pretty cool but that gets people are shed hunting up there wicked yeah. right this spring i've never seen so many <laughs> shed hunting pictures of people getting moose sheds up there which is awesome it's and they me. uh they rub a lot when they get into where they're going to shed mm. like that's a key thing you got to find those winter rubs gotcha like you get getting in there and you'll see where they're rubbing all that softwood and stuff. That's tearing it, them up. If, if there's no rubs, it's like it, I know down here in the southern part, the northern part, it can be a little different. But down in the southern part, I'll get into where there's softwood and balsam and stuff, and I'm not if I'm not seeing rubs, it's probably all cows. Really? Yeah. So they'll start rubbing before they drop. Oh yeah. That's how. Okay. They, some, some people believe they rub so they will drop. Just to shake yeah. them off the yeah, just get just those getting, things off, getting sick tired of them. Either that or they're just getting sick of staring at that other bull, you know, and they're <laughs> bored and they're just, I, I don't know. But you can see like some of those winter rubs, they've worked them over and over and over again. Just trying to, yeah. I mean, I get, you get that. I, mean, I found a shed right yeah. at the base of them. So really? I mean, sometimes they fall off while they're, while they're rubbing. But, That's interesting. But you got to have those rubs around. seems like when I get into that balsam and then I find, start finding rubs, it's like, keep your eyes peeled. Boom. I'll find a shed. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. They're right there. They don't travel far. A lot of times you'll see where those bulls are only going. They won't travel more than an area the size of a football field all winter. So they pick their area and that's they just, it. They just hang out right there and just. Just nip, what are they nipping? Like moss and all those. All that balsam. Greens that just eat it. You'll, oh, yeah. you'll look at those young balsam trees and it looks like you got after it with a uh, weed whacker. Yeah. It'll just be the main trunk and everything green is gone off yeah. of it. Just eating them up. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if it just, it's the 
most easily digestible food for him in the winter or what, but hmm. it might have the most, most calories. I don't know. It's going to be a long winter eating that shit. <laughs> yeah, I would think. They're, they're a rugged Incredible animal. animal. They're yeah. just a tough, grisly old thing. You know? It kills me to see the pictures people are posting right now, just the tick loads on them and stuff, yeah. but at least it's starting to warm up, so they got a chance to put some feet on and survive a little bit, but... Those ticks are getting them. Hopefully. We found we were up north this weekend, um, and we found a spot where a cow gave birth to a, a calf, mm-hmm. and we didn't walk much more than a hundred yards past that, and we saw the cow and the calf, no. right there, alive so, or dead. Oh yeah, alive. Alive. Yeah, okay, he gotcha. was he was running or he was right on Mama's heels walking down off the mountain. So, so you're just within that last couple. Yeah, days. it was just like he was brand new. That's I would awesome. Say like that that day or the day before. <laughs> really? Yeah. He was right. Wow. You know, How'd mom good. look? She eating up she or not was, too No, bad? she was super healthy. Good. I have not seen that tick issue, but I haven't gone up north all that okay. much. But I've never found one down south here, knock on wood, that's loaded with ticks. Mm. Walking into all the moose yards that I've walked into, I have not found, you know, those dead ticks or seen a bed full of smash ticks and blood and everything. I have not seen that down south. Is it just Any the, of the moose that I'm seeing are super healthy. Interesting. Is it like a density issue, you think? Like, That's what the state of Vermont yeah. is saying. That's why they're giving out more tags this year. Um, I, I mean, I think the moose are super healthy in the state. Yep. I mean, spe- that Keep northern going. part of Vermont is – that northern part of Vermont, if you can draw that archery tag, that's a hunt of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, well, they those, just killed the record – didn't they just kill the record bull this past year? In as far Vermont? as weight. It's weight, yes. Yep. Yeah, it was like over yep. 1,000, which that's, yep. that's Oh, it was that's a incredible. big bull. Yeah. Yeah. But that last week of September, first week of October, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, I had guided a guy, but it was the gun season. Mm-hmm. But I went up there the very end of September, and I think I heard like seven different bulls that one morning. Really? It was like a perfect frosty morning, and there were just – I'd walk into a cut and call, and I could hear a bull answer me. I'm like, all right, just got out of there. <laughs> went to another cut, heard another one. Was, there were just right. bulls everywhere, and they were super responsive. There's a lot of bulls up there. Well, hopefully they come back then because yeah. I remember the golden days of – I mean, I got drew a moose tag when I think I was like 10. Yeah. That's when they were given – a shitload of them out. Yeah. And it's, I hope yeah. he one day will get back to those golden days yeah. of moose, and that'd be awesome. I yeah. just don't see as much. Uh, maybe it's just me, but like up north and up in Maine and Pittsburgh and all that way, I get covered in winter tick just walking around and stuff. Yeah. Versus Vermont and more southern, I no, I never have any winter tick. Like you know, like the balls of like the red ones you go through that yep. are just crawling all over you. I never seem to get into them down this way. Yeah, I get into them if I get into the deer yards. I'll get deer ticks on me. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 But just the, the winter tick load of just the, the balls, I'd seem like yeah. up Maine, I see a lot of them, but down this way, but not much. Yeah, it's it's bound to be worse where the where there's more moose. Yeah, you know, makes sense. Bound, the density's got to have something to do with it. But. Huh. Well, what else you got for big plans for this season? What's it looking like? I know you've been busy shed hunting and all that stuff, but yeah, what's I, the plan? Uh, I drew a general Montana elk tag. Okay. So I'm going to Montana, bow hunting elk. Nice. Hopefully don't have to shoot a grizzly bear. <laughs> Can have it, the sidearm on is, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. Yeah. yeah it's, Are the grizzlies dense up there? It's bad. Yeah. Real yeah, bad. Yeah. We haven't had to, like, physically deal with one, but it's it's only a matter of when. It's not if. Really? You yeah. know, it's you're just, always just kind of bumping into them and stuff? Yeah. You're always running into the sign, the tracks, and then you're you're running into locals, and they're telling your stories, you know. It's sketchy, but it is, I mean, it's phenomenal elk hunting, so. Yep. You got to take the good with the bad. Yep. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's, it deters a lot of people. It, it A lot of people don't like walking far off the hiking trails. They don't like walking more than a mile or two. And and the the ironic part is most of the grizzlies are right there by the camping areas. <laughs> oh, know, okay. They're yeah. around all the P 
people any anyway eating garbage, garbage or anything. Getting so same garbage. as like black bears appear yeah. getting in dumpsters and shit. Yeah, just they're more likely to kill you. Yep. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No mercy with those ones. <laughs> yeah. They they kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would not be fun. So you get the bear spray and the sidearm going. Yeah, all I got times. a I got a modified Glock ten mil. Yeah. That's that's my uh, bear spray. Yeah, I know that's, that's going to go off. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trusting that can of season. All I'm going to be is seasoned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, too many stories. If the wind's that. wrong. You're. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm walking with the wind in my face. Yep. I'm moving on an elk or something. I got the wind in my face. I mean, I've sprayed people with that stuff before. It's not, you. Sorry, you're, buddy. You're going to be in rough shape. Yep. Like I want to be on top of it and be able to see my sights. I don't want to be fighting through. <laughs> fighting through ghost pepper spray or whatever the hell that stuff is in there. You know, uh, so you got the Montana elk, and then coming back here. And then coming to... back, I'm going to try to kill that buck. I'm going to go to Jersey, hunt some public land down there. Nice. Yep. Uh, I got to go down there and do some spring scouting this year, so yep. that, was, you, that was crucial. You said you're on some big Vermont buck, too, around here? Yeah. Yeah, yep. there's a couple really good ones that are on my radar. I'm just uh, hoping they're all still alive, which they should be. All the deer had a really good winter. Mm-hmm. All the deer are super healthy that I'm seeing. So seems to be, but there'll be, I won't worry about the Vermont bucks until we get track. I won't hunt them until we get tracking stuff. So I'll put some cameras out and make sure they're alive and see where they're at. And I know where they're going to be during the rut and I know where they're going to be post rut. So I'm just going to, I'll kill those deer if we get tracking stuff. Yep. That's, what it, that's how you've been hunting for like the last yeah. few years around Vermont, right? Yeah. And you only got one tag in Vermont. So you got one buck tag. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like I don't want to burn it unless it's on one of them. I agree. You know? Yeah. So it is hard to go out and bow hunt in Vermont. Yeah. With that one tag, I mean, I, I love hunting Vermont. Yeah. If I bow hunt stuff. Vermont, I'm trying to kill a bear or something. Yep. Or a doe. Fill a fill the freezer with a doe. Shoot, shoot one doe and then uh, try to kill a good bear and then wait for track and snow to kill a good buck. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, we've been at it for a while. Time flies, but uh, I guess we can wrap it up. You get anything else? Questions for your ass? I was uh, curious when you were talking earlier about the western hunting. Um, how many states have you hunted now? Like total? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> I've hunted. Uh, well, I've hunted Alaska, Colorado, yeah, Idaho, Montana, Nebraska, South Dakota. Uh, then go down into uh, well, Ohio, Indiana, Texas. <laughs> Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts. You got to get one of the. You got to get a of them, map yeah. and start marking them up. Yeah, it's almost twenty. Yeah, quite a few. That's awesome. I got to get back to Alaska. Cool. That was a lot of fun. A good buddy of mine. A buddy of mine's got a uh, Alaska. He's going to Alaska on a moose hunt this year. So we're all like, that looks so. I living love vicariously through him videos. on it. We we're hoping he shoots a giant bull. You know, it seems yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's most beautiful country. I flew into I flew into Fairbanks, and then we drove the entire Dalton Highway all the oh, way north yeah. to Dead Horse. Holy shit! And that's like four hundred and some odd miles of dirt road through some of the most beautiful country you're going through all moose country and then you go up through Adigan pass and when you're going through Adigan pass it gets you get above timberline and it'll be like the end of august and all of a sudden it's just white out snow on the ground in everywhere. august yeah. yeah and you're getting up real high elevation we're seeing doll sheep on the side of the road and stuff and we're pitching down the other side and it's turning into tundra but you're pitching down it's still mountains and snow and everything we could see I, I was just like hey stop the truck i can see blood like all over the side of the hill like two or three hundred yards away and we're looking up there and it's a big blood spot in the snow and i'm looking with the binoculars pretty soon a wolf stands up oh <laughs> and i'm like oh this is a, and then i'm looking in the snow and i can see the curl of a horn i'm like there's a wolf on a 
doll sheep right there. Holy that's shit. That's wild. Like right off the road, but it's a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. The last you know? frontier up there. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm that like that's cool as shit. Like, it's like there's a wolf right there over a doll sheep. And then pretty soon another wolf stands up back, but that one was totally white. But it had like a blood apron <sighs> on its fur. And that was like the only way you could spot it on the snow. You know, it's like, that's cool. We get all the way up to Dead Horse and we were telling the people about it. And they're, you know, going through Adigan and how we saw uh, the doll sheep and the wolves on it. And they're like, was it a normal color, like a gray and black and then a white one? Like, yeah, actually it was. Like, those wolves have been there for years. People see that pair all the time there. (laughs) They just pound on on those doll sheep. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) So, and then you dropping down out of Adigan Pass, you get into the tundra and it's all you see muskox and everywhere and caribou wow. and stuff and it's all public and it's all bow hunting from there on out within five miles of the highway either side of the highway five miles on the highways bow hunting either only. side bow hunting only really then, but oh, you can know. shoot a gun past that five mile mark interesting because of the pipeline okay oh okay yeah. they don't you're driving right along the yep. pipeline the whole that's way. the reason the road's there right yeah yep 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 but oh, it's shit. cool i mean there's a bunch of hunts on youtube you can see where people are hunting caribou up there off the hall road they call it the Hall Road, the Dalton Highway, Alaskan Highway, whatever. Yeah. But beautiful country. We we went all the way up to Dead Horse, and then we hired a guy for like 500 bucks in an airboat, and he drove us up the Ivashack River like 30 miles and dumped us off. And then we hunted for 10 days, and we had our own rafts. We blew up those rafts and then drifted out. That's great. That's it was cool. fun. It was a, it, I, I caught like 100 grayling. <laughs> on a fly rod just everywhere all over oh the place. my god the rivers are just like full of grayling we just were hoping to catch some arctic char but we only caught one the whole trip but we caught a pile i mean i was catching grayling up to like three or four or five pounds wow. just beauties and i uh, shot a really nice caribou bull and uh wolves howling outside the tent like every night is that your picture is that the caribou yeah that's yeah. the caribou that's that's silhouette. The infamous i've got that right as my there. like my profile yeah picture. that's an awesome so, picture yeah Wow. Yeah, because it never, the sun really, it was really weird. Like the sun would come up and it just goes parallel with the horizon. Yeah. You said that's August? Yeah. So and still... very end of August. Yeah. It was like never dark. Just light all. <laughs> it was, like, it was yeah. like always kind of light. And it was, it was like that really cool light in the sunrise. It was like bright red and everything. I'm like, oh my God, that's a phenomenal picture. And I like got the camera all set up and then I stood in front of it and I was like, just push the button, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's like one of my favorite pictures. Ah. Uh. Sportsman's Paradise up there. But it's, uh, you know, it's attainable. It's all public land. Just It's just getting there. Getting there and then getting everything back is expensive. Yeah. Got to want to do it, too, because yeah. that's a different type but of... But if you can get a couple guys into it, you know, you can fly up there to Fairbanks and then rent a vehicle and drive that high, that highway and bow hunt caribou. You ever had interest in doing a sheep hunt? Oh, I'd love to. That seems like yeah. the coolest it's thing to like do. It's just like $25,000. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, cool. I'd love to. I mean, that's that's the one sheep species I'd love to hunt. But. Yep. That's on my bucket list one day. Get up yeah. there and do that. Just I seems like would. the ultimate thing to do. Yep. But hundred percent. One day. Alaska's wild though. Everybody should go see it. Yeah. It's uh just for the fishing alone, the fishing and the, the scenery. Just every it's stream not, up there is full of fish. It's just full of there's grayling everywhere. And then you get into that southern part of Alaska and there's I don't know how many different salmon species. Yep. You can go out on yep. a boat and catch a big halibut. See so some cool. orcas swimming around and I'd like to go up there and shoot some blacktail. I've never shot a blacktail. That seems here. cool, yeah. yeah. Down in those like southern like islandish yeah, area. Kodiak yeah, Kodiak Island yep. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. That seems like a cool hunt. It's yep. thicker than hell, but then yep. they just pop up steep, near you. Super steep. You get yeah. down there early season, they're up above timberline, then yeah. late season they're right down by the right by the coast. And you like call those things in too, don't you? I feel like I've seen on like a yeah, I've seen, episode, a, I've seen a bunch of videos and they come their, running in. Yeah. Decoying them. Yeah. You yeah. can decoy them really good. Yeah. And they're supposedly like the 
best taste in venison really? on the planet. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I'll have to add that one to the list too. Then yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good combo. You, you, you wouldn't starve in Alaska. You, there's tons of food everywhere. There's great fishing, great hunting. Huh. There's a lot of stuff to do, man. Everyone's got to everyone's got to do those adventures. Got to live. Yeah, do all abs- you're able. Absolutely. Huh. All right. Well. We'll wrap it up there. That's a good way to put an exclamation yeah, point on it. We appreciate you doing this. And uh, as always, we'll put your social media links in the description below. And yeah. uh, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of videos and pictures coming from you this season. You get a lot on your plate. So looking yeah, forward to see seeing that. that. got to yeah. see that buck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll, uh, you know, I'll be down there at the uh, Woodsman Arms booth at Huntstock. Yep. So we'll see everybody down there. Yep, that'll be a good time. Yeah, sweet. Good time, man. All righty. Well, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks again, Jeremy. No problem, man. See ya. Come meet and learn from the best trackers in the world this summer at Huntstock, America's reinvented hunting show. August 11th through the 13th at Wildwood Farm in Westminster, Massachusetts, you can expect three days of celebrating hunting, meeting and learning from legendary hunters, winning prizes from our over $30,000 worth of giveaways, and having the best time you've ever had at a hunting show. For trackers and fans of the Benoit family, we're happy to announce that Woodman Arms has partnered with the Benoits to reproduce their legendary DVD series by popular demand. They're finally coming out, and they'll be available for the first time at Huntstock this summer. They're likely to sell out at Huntstock, so make sure you get your tickets to Huntstock so you can get your hands on them before they're gone. If they don't sell out, they'll be available online at woodmanarms.com. With trackers at Huntstock like Lanny Benoit and Timmy Bolduck, Hal Blood, Rick Labby, and the whole Big Woods Bucks team, Joe Donito, Jim Massey, Steve Grabowski from the Adirondack Trackers, Rodney Elmer and Mountain Deer, Joey Davis and his great team at Northwoods Whitetails, Adam Lamson, his team at Stagger, there's not a better show in the world for deer trackers. With 50 plus hours of seminars and live podcast programming on multiple stages and gear built for trackers on display and for sale, and over 80 sponsors from the hunting world, you do not want to miss this show. You can get your tickets at www.huntstockevents.com, H-U-N-T-S-T-O-C-K, events.com today and use code stagger at checkout for 10% off that's s-t-a-g-r at checkout for 10% off and all who use the code stagger will be entered to win one of five special Benoit DVDs that will feature a never before seen interview with Lanny Benoit that won't be published to the public so Woodman Arms is reproducing all the legendary DVDs and five of them will have a special Lanny Benoit interview and we'll make those drawings at Huntstock. But you have to buy your tickets using code STAGGER to get entered into that. So, once again, get your tickets at www.huntstockevents.com. Use code STAGGER for 10% off and to be entered into the raffle. And we'll see you at Huntstock.